you'd seen. Take your Bibles this evening. Turn with me to the book of Revelation, last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. I believe the Lord's coming soon, don't you? But in the meantime, we've got some things to get done and uh, uh, a life to live while God has given us this life. And uh, uh, we don't know how long we have, but what we do have, we can give to him and serve him. And uh, I trust that we'll, that's what be what we want to do. But uh, tonight, we're going to look at the book of Revelation and we're going to see some things. It'll be a little different in reading. I'm going to give us like a verse at a time. And go to chapter number two. Did I tell you that? Chapter two. Revelation chapter number two. <clears throat> and uh, uh, we're going to go to, I'll, I'll tell you the verse. We'll go to that verse. We'll read it together. And uh, we're not going to read all the verses because we're talking about two different chapters here. But uh, you'll see that uh, uh, there's something in common about all these verses. Revelation chapter two and verse number two. And let's read it together now. Are you ready? I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. Go with me to verse number nine. Verse number nine. That was talking about the church there at Ephesus and then we come here about Smyrna. Look at verse nine. Let's read it now. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Go with me to verse number 13. And we come here about the church of Pergamos here. In verse 13, let's read it now. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. And let's go to verse number 19. Verse number 19, we talk about the church of Thyatira. In verse number 19, let's read that now. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Go with me to chapter number three now. And let's go to chapter three and verse number one. We find out here about the church of Sardis. And verse number one, let's read it together also. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Go with me to verse number eight. In verse number eight, we're talking about the church of Philadelphia. Verse number eight, let's read it together now. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. And let's go to verse number 15. Verse number 15, we come to the church of Laodicea, and let's read verse 15 together. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. In verse number 16, let's read it then too. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, we've just talked about all these churches, and I, I believe they were literal churches there, but also talking about, I believe, a period in, in, the, in Christianity there. But I, I, the thing that, that it has all in common is this, that uh, the Lord says, I know. God knows everything. Amen? God knows everything. I don't know everything. 
You know, some people act like they know everything, but they don't. A lot of those folks live in Washington, D.C. They think they know everything, but they don't. But sometimes they live in houses like we do, and we think we know everything, and we don't. But I sure am glad there's a God in heaven that knows everything. He knows everything. And so the title of my message tonight is this. He knows. He knows. Let's ask the Lord to bless now. Father, thank you again for the time this evening. It's a blessing to sing the songs that we sang this evening. It's good to be in church on this Sunday night. And Lord, have some fun and, and, uh, and, and, and laugh some. And, and Lord, then again, have songs that will just touch our hearts. And then to be able to open the book of books, the Bible, and read from its pages. And when I stop and I think so many people in the world would just love to have a Bible, at least a page even of it. And here we are able to hold all 66 books in our hand. We're able to read from it. We didn't have to worry about and fear someone coming in and tell us we can't. God, we're so blessed. And we love you. And Father, I'm glad tonight that we have a God that knows everything. And I pray, Lord, help it to sink in in our hearts tonight. And Lord, if there's somebody here not saved, I pray that they would trust you as their Savior. Why? Lord, we know you know who is saved and who is not. We can't fool you. So, Father, bless, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I was thinking as I was working on this message here that uh, a bank robber and a, uh, uh, a drug dealer and adulterer all have something in common. I said, Preacher, what do they have in common? And here it is. They think they can get away with it. I mean, really, would someone go and rob a bank if they, if they just know, I know I'm not going to get away with it, then why would you rob the bank? You know, many, many folks get tied up in adultery, and, and, and seriously, what they're thinking is this, that I, I can get away with it. They think that they can do it, but they don't. And I thought, you know, the drug dealers, same thing. Why would they deal in these drugs and they know they're going to go get in trouble? And I mean, maybe if they live in California, they won't get in so much trouble. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, be sure the Bible says your sin will find you out. And it tells me this, that God knows everything. And uh, if you believed you were going to get caught, probably you wouldn't do it. And we look at these people and think, well, how crazy are they? You know, why do these people think they can go sell drugs and get away with it? They don't. They may for a while, but they'll get caught. And, and the bank robbers, same thing. They may rob a bank and then feel emboldened and then rob another bank. But what ends up, they get caught. And, uh, and, and the adulterer thinks, well, I can get away with it. And they never believe that they're going to get caught. Maybe they thought they could just play around for a while, but then they finally get caught. And I think, you know, how crazy these people are to think they can get away with sin. But you know what? That's those people out there. What about us? Sometimes we're like those crazy people. Because we have this idea that we can get away with stuff too. You say, I don't think we, in this our church, we think that. Then why do we sin? When we sin, we think, you know, what, what happens in our mind? We think, well, I, I'm not going to get caught. You know, who's going to know? We talk about that secret sin. No such thing as a secret sin. Because God knows everything. God knows. I don't understand what makes us think we can get away with things with God. And I hope that tonight when we walk away from the service this evening that we might walk away with understanding and may it be, be, be strong in our minds that we get this truth. God knows. God knows. We think that we sometimes can hide things from God. 
I think one of the examples in the Word of God that we find of a man who thought he could hide from God, the man's name was Achan. Remember him? Way back there in the book of, book of Genesis there, we read about Achan and how that, uh, uh, how that uh, what was it, Genesis? Am I right? Genesis? Or Joshua. Joshua, the book of Joshua. And, uh, but I think about, you know, Achan, what happened? God said, all right, I want you to march around Jericho, and they did. And what happened? The walls came tumbling down. But God said, don't take of the cursed thing. You're not supposed to take any of that stuff. There was things that were to go into the house of God, but they were not to take of that. They were not to touch the accursed thing. But Achan, for some reason, got in his mind that I could do this, and I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, I can get away with it. Because if he knew that he was not going to get away with it, because God said, God, God had warned about what was going to happen if you did this. And so I'd have to say that Achan thought, I can get away with it. And so he took the Babylonian garment and the gold and the silver. And remember, he went, and the Bible tells us he went and he hid it in his tent. He's thinking, you know what? No one saw me. No one knows about it. And whether anybody else knew, I don't know, but I know this. God knew. They get the people together and trying to find out what's going on because there's been a problem. And God said, there's a problem in the, in the camp here. We need to take care of it. And I'm sure, you know, Aiken's probably saying, well, I wonder who it is. And God said, it's you, buddy. Finally, it came down to it, and they realized who it was. It was Achan. And what happened? Well, he was going to end up dying, but so was his family. He wasn't going to be able to spend one piece of that gold or silver that he had. He couldn't wear one. I mean, think about it. What if he had come out with some of the garment on? People say, where'd you get that? But something in his mind made him think I can get away with it. And God said, don't do it. And he thought he could get away with it. And, and uh, so... He, he tried, but got found out he died, and his family died because of it. I think about Moses. What a great man Moses was. God used Moses, I believe, in a mighty way, but you think about it. Moses one day went, and, and he saw some men that were giving the, his, Moses' people some trouble, and Moses killed the man. Just killed him. But you know what he did? He hid him in the sand. He thought, you know, you know what he's thinking? Nobody's going to know. I'll just hide him in the sand. He killed this man, not even thinking about, will I get found out? But you know what? There was somebody who knew. In fact, the Bible says when Moses, when Moses did that, uh, the Bible tells us that he looked this way and that way. I could just see Moses. He's looking around. Did anyone see what happened? He's thinking, nobody saw this. I'll just bury this man in the sand and no one will know what happened there. But you see, he looked this way and he looked that way, but he forgot one way to look. He needed to look that way because God saw, didn't he? Moses didn't get away with it. Now, God ended up using Moses in a mighty way, and God came to him. But the thing was that, 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 that the, the truth that I want you to get is God knew. You know, sometimes you can fool me, and I want to believe people. I really do, amen? I like to believe people, but I found out, and the older we get, us older folks understand this, not everybody tells you the truth, Right? Not everybody tells the truth. And even as a pastor, you know, sometimes people will, will put on the dog, you know, I like to say about a preacher, you know, and, and try to say some things. And yet, you know, uh, you know I, and, and they come up with excuses. And, and uh, I remember years ago, I, my son used to tell me, he said, Dad, you ought to write a book on excuses. Not because I gave them so much, but I got so many excuses as a pastor. You know, people give all kinds of excuses why they can't do this or why they can't do that and why they miss church and why they, you know, I, I, and we just have all kinds of excuses. You know what an excuse usually is? It's a lie. 
kind of make it sound okay what I'm doing, to think that I could then get away with it. Now, I honestly, I want to believe people, but I, I know that sometimes, and I don't go around saying I think they're lying, but I think sometimes, you know, people do lie, and, and, and sometimes people get caught in their lies, and I want to believe what's right, but, uh, you know, God knows. If the preacher can't figure it out, God still knows, doesn't he? He still knows. And uh, I think about, you know, sometimes even as, as parents, you know, we, 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 we love our children. And, and, uh, but, but, but children even know this. They, they know a way that they can get to us, and that's to turn on the big crocodile tears. We've got girls sitting up here, and I'm sure they know what I'm talking about, big old tears. Oh, the tears well up, and they're just as cute as can be. Not like these ugly boys over here. I mean, they could cry, and we just go, come on, stop it. We could do it with the girls, and they cry, and we go, oh, bless their hearts. But if you part their hair, you'll find there's some little horns on top of their heads, too. Amen. But what happens? Sometimes, you know, the little child, they go, oh, I'm so hurt. I feel so bad about my, I got, you know what usually we were, we were crying about? We got caught. Not that we're wanting to get things right. Uh, you think about this. God knows everything. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And verse number 13 is where I want you to go there. And we'll back up to verse number 12, get to a little bit more of the story here. And the Bible says, now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. So there's, there's those different things that you can build with there, gold, silver, precious stones. Those are not flammable. But the wood, hay, and stubble are, aren't they? Look at verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day should declare it. It shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And if a man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now you stop and think about what's going on here. The Bible says every one of us were building with either the gold, silver, or precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble. Now here's the thing. God knows what we're using to build with. God knows what is in our life and what we're, what we're doing and, and what it really counts as. You see, then what we're talking about there is, I believe, is the judgment seat of Christ. That's when we will stand before the Lord and we will give an account of our lives and we're going to be judged by what we've done in our lives. What that tells me this, that God knows everything and it will be all revealed there even, even to us and other, other folks will be around us. God knows if we're taking things seriously or not. You know, he knows, he knows what we do, but he knows our motives why we do things. God knows. God knows. He knows if when we sing in church, if it's for show or if it's from our heart. God knows when we act spiritual in front of the preacher, whether it's real or put on. You know, uh, I've, I've, had, I've had quite a few times in my ministry where I walk up on someone cussing and all of a sudden when they see the preachers there, they stop cussing. I'm like, oh, I never say anything like that. You know what? God knows. He had a man one time said, oh, I'm really sorry, preacher. I'm sorry you heard that. And I said, but God was here before I was. You know, I have folks, too, take a cigarette and hide it behind their back. You've heard me tell that. And, and, and as mean as I am, I like to stand there and let the cigarette burn. 
And you watch the smoke coming out of the top of their head with it back behind their back there, and they're holding it between their fingers. And what happens? Cigarette burns down. And I know that. My dad used to smoke cigarettes. And I remember my dad, same thing. I'd, bring, I'd have one of my friends come, and we would, meet, we would be at the, the mall where he had security, and my dad would see us, and he'd hide the cigarette behind his back. And all of a sudden, the smoke, I remember one time Jim Crawl was with me, and he goes, man, I think that's pretty cool. Your dad has smoke coming out the top of his head. <laughs> you know what? Jim found out, but before Jim found out, dad was trying to hide it, but God knew. God knows. God knows us so well. The fact of the matter is, he knows so well, knows us so well, he has the hairs of our head numbered. Amen. And these boys over here wouldn't be so hard. But then again, I go over here. And they got, they got hair everywhere. I mean, anybody in here know how many hairs you have on your head? We say, of course not. God knows. You know, as silly as that sounds, God knows how many hairs are on our head. It's amazing, isn't it? I was going to have you look at the person in front of you and try to count them. I look at some of you are sitting in front of, behind someone that would be very easy to count them, but we won't go there, all right? But, uh, you know, God knows so well. The Bible says in Matthew 10, 30, but, every, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That just goes to, you say, well, preacher, that sounds like a silly thing, but the, that, that just tells us this, that God knows. If God knows how many hairs are on my head, God knows everything about us. Nothing is hidden from God. You know, it makes me stop and think, God has an interest in even the little things in our life that we seem as insignificant. I don't, I don't know about you, but I brush my hair, comb my hair every day. And I sometimes see when I brush my hair, I look and I see little hairs falling out. And I know we don't have a dog, so it's not that. And they're not long hairs like my wife, they're little hairs. And I'm thinking, you know what, I know exactly where they're coming from, they're coming from me. But it makes me think, you know what? God even knows the insignificant things that happen in our life. You know, I'm glad for that, and I'm sad about that. Because sometimes I go, that's not a really big deal. And God says, hey, everything's a big deal to me. If it's a big deal that he knows how many hairs I have, it's a big deal that he knows when I do things to be seen by others rather than having the right attitude about it. Remember again, the, 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 uh, uh, the judgment there that we were talking about it was, was, was this, that some of the stuff would be burned up by, with wood, uh, like wood, hay, and stubble. God knows what's going on. You know, we love our children. And sometimes we, you know, we, 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 in front of everybody else, we seem to be doing really well. And people, every, everyone thinks, well, we're, we're great parents because we love our children. But the thing is, if we really love our children, God knows our heart on how much we train them and raise them in the nurture and mad, admonition of the Lord. God knows. I'm all for teaching them uh, um, manners. But God wants us to instill in them to have a right heart attitude. God knows, God knows. You know, sometimes parents say, well, I love my children, and then they don't take them to church. And I'm wondering, what, what is this? You, don't, you love your children, but you don't take them to church. God knows. We can say things about, you know, that, well, the reason I did this was because I wanted to glorify the Lord. But again, God knows. God knows. 
When it comes to our children, sometimes I hear people say, well, you know what, preacher, I just don't want to make them go to church. Have you ever heard people say that before? So, well, I just don't want to make them go to church because I'm afraid they'll grow up and hate it. But wait a minute. Don't we make them brush their teeth? Well, aren't you afraid that they may grow up and think, I hate brushing my teeth. Do you, do you make them take a bath? Okay, some of them you do. You make them take a bath. And, and, and you know what? I remember as a kid, you know, why? I don't need to take a bath. I'm not that dirty. <laughs> Even though mom had to plunge the bathtub after I was done with all the dirt that plugged up. But what happens when you think, well, I'm not that bad. It, and, 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 but what happens? We take, we take the children and we say, all right, you have to take a bath. We have them brush their hair. And we make them go to, go to school. And I've had, I've had adults say, well, you know what? My kid's a teenager. You just can't make them. You know, if you make them, they may end up not liking it. No, we understand the importance of brushing your teeth and changing your clothes and, and, and taking a bath and going to school. We understand that. May we get back to the place of understanding the things of God are even more important. And God knows if they are or not. I thought about this. God knows, our, God knows mankind so well. He knows how, how we, like I was saying about with our kids. You know, sometimes we say, well, you know, I just don't want to make them do anything. I'll go back to that. But here's what we do. We just, now, we, we allow them on social media. Social media, may I say this? Social media is destroying our families. Not only our children, but our moms and dads, too. I'll tell you what. Our children need our time. They don't need us while we're there. One of the best things for parents to do is put your phone away and spend your time with the kids. And kids don't need to be on the, on the social media all the time and all kinds of things. You say, well, preacher, I, just, I trust my child. You're nuts. I think Brother Davenport told us that. Remember he was saying about that, that just by accident they can get into things they shouldn't be into. And many times parents don't know because they're too busy on their phones and their social media. I don't understand why you have to take the time to tell everybody what you had for lunch. Amen. You know, I don't care what you had for lunch. You say, well, I just, I saw this. I want to put this up there. And, and I took a picture of my meal at Cracker Barrel. I don't care what it, they have pictures at Cracker Barrel. You can look at it when you go to the menu. Spend some time with your family. God knows what kind of parents we are today. The television, back before we had the phones, the television was the babysitter for our kids. God knows. God knows. But God also knows this. He knows our thoughts, doesn't he? Well, think about something. Okay, what did I just think about? Anybody want to guess? After the service, you come and get that coin, all right? That's yours right there. I was thinking about cookies. Man, don't, don't think something around that man back there. Oh, Zach, he got it. I know what he's talking, what he's thinking about. Did you, do you know what I was thinking about for that Baptist snack? <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. You get another one for that one, all right, there, all right? Anybody else want to guess? No, you can't. Too late. He already got it. But you know what? The rest of you don't know what my thoughts are. Some of you right now are going, we knew, but we didn't want to embarrass you. But Zach, he don't care. <laughs> you know, God knows our thoughts. 
He knows what we're thinking, amen? He knows if we're listening to the sermon or if we're thinking about, well, I got this to do tomorrow, I got that to do tomorrow, that Baptist snack, I'm going to have that. You know, God knows about it. We laugh about it, but God, God knows our thoughts. And sometimes, though, we have this idea, it doesn't matter what I think, but if I know that God knows my thoughts, it matters what I think. We have the idea, as long as I just think it, it's okay as long as I don't do it. God warns us about our thoughts. You know, the devil tries, that's why one of the things with the, with the, uh, the, the phones and, and the computers and everything today, you know, you know it's, what, it's, what it's there for? To put all kinds of thoughts in our minds. Just filling our minds up with all kinds of thoughts rather than the things that God talks about. Go, go with me to Philippians chapter number 4, all right? Philippians chapter 4, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about here. But I, I, want you to, I want you to look at it. Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 8. And the Lord tells us some things here, very important, all right? Let's, let's look and see what he said. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what he tells us to do? Think on these things. The Lord's saying, you know what you need to do? You need to put the right things in your mind. You say, well, it really doesn't matter. If I think about evil things, what's the big deal? God knows what we're thinking about. If everything we think about was, was, was like a screen across our forehead and was out there, we would be embarrassed. That's why we need to fill our minds with the right things. That's why God said, think on these things. Devil puts all kinds of trash in our mind, and you know what ends up happening? Then you end up acting it out. Uh, you have oftentimes said, you know, the bank robber thinks about robbing the bank before he robs it. The adulterer thinks about it before he does it. The drug dealer thinks about it. The liar thinks about it. It starts out in the mind. And so when we start thinking, well, it really doesn't matter what I think as long as I don't do those things, God knows. God knows what we're thinking. God knows if there's hatred in our hearts, too. Amen. I just love every Christian. Just love everybody. God says, no, you don't. Because God knows it. He knows if we love people or not. You know, don't answer out loud, but have you ever been nice to someone you really couldn't hardly stand? I know some of you right now going, yeah, just when we walked in church, I saw a few like that. I hope not. But you know what? God knows. Oh, brother, good to see you in church today. And you're like, man, I really, I can't stand this person. God knows. You know, you say, preacher, why are you talking about this? Because we ought to be concerned that God knows everything that's going on. We look at Achan and say, what a terrible thing that he went and took that and hid it. Yes, it was, but the thing was, and the, and, and, and the truth that I'm trying to get at, God knows everything that's going on. We can fool everyone, but we can't fool God because God knows. So God knows, if, you know, what we're thinking about. God knows whether we have hate in our lives or not. God knows how we, we raise our children, but God also knows what we, what we say. Psalm 139, verse 4, For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. If I go up to Titus here and I go, hey, let me tell you something. I whispered in his ear. The rest of you couldn't hear it, but you know God did. Didn't he? 
God knows. Now think about it. God says, there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, Lord, thou knowest all together. God knows. Remember the little song we used to sing when we were kids? Be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. We go through all the things. Be careful, little hands. Be careful, little eyes and ears. But think about it. Be careful what you say. God's, God knows the words that we say. Christian life is a life that we need to, I guess we need, I need to say it this way, we need to be on our toes. Because we know that we'll give an account for every word that we say. We'll give an account. You say, well, why do you say that? Well, the Bible tells me that. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. God knows. God knows the words I say. God knows the thoughts that I have. God knows, you know, about how many hair I have in my head. He knows how I take care of my kids. He knows how I, what, what, I, what, I, what I think. We just come to this place of knowing that God knows everything. We cannot fool him at all. God knows whether we tithe or not, doesn't he? I don't know what people give in the church. And I, we've made it a policy ever since we started. I know some preachers, they think it's wrong. Some preachers think that the pastor ought to know. In fact, what happens? The treasurer gives them a list. And every week, I know I was in a Catholic church one time at a wedding. And on the, on the wall in the Catholic church there, it had the, the family name and how much they gave last week. We're starting that next week. Oh, I don't want to know. You know why? I don't want what a person gives or does not give to affect my preaching. I'm going to treat you all the same way. I'm going to treat all those that obey God, and I'm going to treat, I'm going to treat right, the cheapskates too. Amen? I should say the robbers. Because the book of Malachi talks about where have we robbed thee? In the tithes and offerings. You say, but preacher, I, you know, I, I seal it up and no one knows. But God knows. God knows. God knows if we win souls or not. God knows. We can, we, can, we, can, we can talk about it all the time, but the fact of the matter is God knows. God knows whether we pass out a track or not. So I'm afraid I pass one out. Yeah, one, one back, back there in January, you passed one out. But God knows what we do. There's not anything hidden from the eyes of God. Now, that's a wonderful thing because he knows all the burdens that I have, but it's also a, it's almost a terrifying thing to stop and think God knows everything. I better, I better straighten up because God knows. He knows if we'd care enough about dying people going to a, going to a devil's hell. You know, sometimes we, we cry the tears. We watch the missionaries when they give their, their little uh, uh, their talk and then show us some, some videos sometime, and it brings tears to our eyes. And that's and great. But how can we walk out and not have tears in our eyes when we see lost people and even in our own families? We don't care enough to speak out, speak to someone about the Lord. God knows. God knows about the sins we commit because he knows our heart. He knows our heart. You know, I thank the Lord you're here tonight. I really am. I'm thankful every one of you that are here tonight. I appreciate you being in church. I believe it's the place we need to be. But I, but I, but I, I say this too. It needs to be real. You know, if you're here tonight and say, well, the preacher, you know, he preached about some things. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to make him be happy. Now, I appreciate you wanting me to be happy. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, I want to be happy. But, but the thing is, it's not about making the preacher happy. It's about knowing God knows what we're doing. 
I've seen kids in a Christian school. Kids sitting on the front row who are Christian school kids. Pretty good looking bunch, aren't they? Handsome over here. Yeah, pretty over here too. All right. You girls were waiting for me to say that, weren't you? They're all looking at me like, I don't know. But I want these kids to grow up with this Christianity to be real. I don't want these boys one time, when you, get, when you graduate and we give you your diploma, I don't want you to go out of here and just say, well, done now, I'll just do whatever I want to because the only thing that really kept you right was because you knew mom and dad would know or the preacher would know. But understand, God knows. You guys, and you girls too, you can fool me and you can fool your mom and dad. You can fool the people of this church, but you can't fool God. God knows whether you're playing the part of I'm a good Christian kid in a Christian school. Thank the Lord for it. But you better really be the Christian kid in the Christian school. That means then when you graduate, you'll still keep walking with God. And not be a fake. God knows. You can fool many, but you can't fool God. God also knows our service. He knows our service. You know, I, again, I, I've, I've grumbled about this for years, and I don't think I'll ever stop grumbling about it because that's just what we do. I don't understand why people can say they can't go to church, but they go to Walmart. You say, well, God knows. Exactly. God knows. I don't know about you, but I think this is a little bit more comfortable place than Walmart. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I just missed the shopping carts. We will buy shopping carts. <laughs> if folks would come, we'll even get them and we'll write Walmart on there. But I, I, I look and I, I think, you know, people go to, go, to, go to Walmart. People go, I've had people say this not so long ago. Say, well, preacher, I just really like to come to church, but I just don't, I just can't. And yet they tell me about how that they were out hunting. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm at that point now in my life Going hunting is, is hard. I don't have feeling in my feet like I used to. In fact, when I'm done preaching, when I walk down, I, sometimes I walk a little gingerly, and when, it takes me about halfway back or three-quarters way back before I start getting feeling in my feet. So if I fall someday, don't laugh. I mean, get up in the woods, and I usually have a, I have a stick with me there because I can't feel the, the ground, and I stumble around. I sit down at the base of a tree, and then I have to stop and think, how am I going to get up again? You say, you're falling apart. God knows. And so do I. But, you know, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, can, I don't have a hard time going to church, though. God knows. Well, well preacher, you, you just don't understand. I'm, I'm afraid of crowds. And they go to the curve game. God knows. I don't like being around people. They go to Walmart and, and all the rest of the stores and the grocery store. You say, well, I need groceries. You need the word of God. God knows. God also knows our excuses. Preacher. I can't come to church because my nose is running. Well, we fixed that. We've got tissues. Back there on the counter back there, it's two boxes of tissues. 
And I'll be honest with you, if you need one while we're in the service, and if, you know, if you're saying, I'm just afraid, what if it starts running while we're in the service? Number one, walk back there, get one before the service, or if you need one during the service, just go like this. And I'll go, yes, and you go, and we will bring you a tissue. And we laugh about this, but that's what excuse is sometimes. Well, my, I'm afraid my nose will run. So we fix that. We have tissues. Sometimes people say, well, you know, preacher, I might need a bathroom. Guess what? We have one upstairs and two downstairs. Amen. Excuses. Sometimes people say, and I've had this several times, well, I, just can't, I, just, I just don't come to church anymore because I can't hear. when I get up here and I talk in the microphone, it comes out over that. In fact, I can hear my, I can hear, in fact, who, who's out there guarding us tonight, Mark? All right, can you hear me? I should have seen that one coming. Excuses. Sometimes people say, well, preacher, I can't be in church this week because I have company coming. Oh, we fix that one too. We allow visitors. In fact, we have a card and we have a pen that we're going to give the visitors when they come in. Isn't that awesome? God knows our excuses. God knows. You say, but preacher, you just need to understand. You know, it isn't really, it's not that I need to understand. We need to understand what that God understands. God knows our excuses. He knows everything about us. But let me, let me be nice for a moment. Well, I thought for sure I hear some amens on this one. Think about this. God also knows our needs. My wife, she's not a pastor. She's a preacher sometimes. I get there and I think, what are we going to do? And she says, God will supply. Don't you hate it when a woman does that? She goes, God knows. You know, and, and I'm like, you know, well, well, I know. You know. I'm the pastor of the church. I know these things. But sometimes she reminds me. And you know God does know our needs. We look back in our life so many times and think about how did we make it? 
You know, how do we make it? I mean, I, I look at Brother Davenport, nine kids. I'm like, ah. We had five, and I, I look at our five kids, and I thought, ah, ah, ah. We lived in a two-bedroom home, and my wife, she, she was in Florida. She came back, and then she gave me the news. She said, guess what? I said, I'm so glad you're back. She goes, I'm pregnant. I go, what? <laughs> Expecting. I said, the fifth one, we got four little girls right now in the other bedroom. We have one, four girls in one bedroom. What are we going to do? God knows. And then all of a sudden, what happens? We have a boy. You don't put a boy in the girl's bedroom. I'm like, what are we going to do? Put him in the bathtub? <laughs> but God opened up a door for us to get a house. God knows. <laughs> we had cars. We didn't have any way. Our cars. Every time you shut the door, parts fell off of it. I mean, I really did. God knew that. I'm sure God looked and the angels looked and said, God, look at it, look at it again. God says, I know. There's enough parts on there to still get inspected. Just wait. And finally, one time, what happens? Then God sees to it that we get a car. God knows our need. There'd been time we didn't have food, but God knew. And somebody stopped by and gave us food. I, I, we look back in, in our life and we think about, you know what? God has known us all along. God knows. And God knows us tonight, too. He knows our needs. He also knows our heartaches and our sorrows, doesn't he? All the heartaches. I think about, you know, so many. This morning in Sunday school, in my Sunday school class, we, we take time and give praise to God for things that he's done. But then we take time to take prayer requests. And, and, the, and this morning, we had a load of prayer requests, just a load of them. Cancer, how many times did we have that on our list of people battling with cancer? Think of the sorrow that people go through, but you know what God knows? You're never alone. And when sometimes you think, you know, you think, well, nobody else knows. No one knows the hurt I have. Well, you know what? Maybe no one else knows, but God knows. And he's the one that meets the need. No one knows us better than the Lord. And that's why he told us in Matthew chapter 6. Let's go there real quick. That's why the Lord told us this in Matthew chapter number 6 and verse 28. The Bible says, And why take ye thought for raiment? In other words, why, why will you worry about that? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which, is to, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? You know, God will take care of us, won't he? Look what he said in verse 31. Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or whether, wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And then he told us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, he was, t- he was telling the folks, he said, listen, you, you don't need to worry because I know about it. God knows. God knows about the needs that we have. He knows about the heartaches, about the sorrows. 
He knows everything about us. I'm glad I have a God that knows me so well. You know, if you called the president and said, hey, do you know Mark Biter? He'd go, who? If you called probably the, the uh, uh, Altoona and talked to the mayor of Altoona and say, do you know who Mark Biter is? They'd go, who? But you can talk to the king of kings tonight and say, do you know who Mark Biter is? And God will say, yes. He became my child August 11th, 1971. He's got 10,542 hairs on his head. You say, do you have that many? I don't know, but it sounded good, didn't it? That's how well he knows us. I'm glad that he does. So God knows about us tonight. But also we were reading in Revelation in chapter number 3. If you still have your place there, you can look at it. If not, listen to it. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 in verse number 15, talking about, uh, um, here we are, verse number 15, in, in about the church of Laodicea. He said, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So the last thing is this, that God knows whether we're warm or hot, or whether we're cold or we're hot, or if we're just lukewarm. God knows. Preacher, I'm on fire for the Lord. You know what, I'll believe you. But God knows. God knows everything about us, doesn't he? I'm glad tonight that God does know. Now you may not remember everything that I've said in this message and, and some things may maybe they didn't even make a lot of sense to you. I don't know. But I think we'll all go away from here with those two words on our mind. God knows. You find out from the doctor bad news, God knows. When you find good news, God knows. When you've got a burden, God knows. When you have a need, God knows. When you sin, God knows. And when you repent, God knows. I sure am glad we have a God that's not made out of wood or stone, but the God that is touched by everything in our lives because God knows. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time tonight that we've had. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the truth we've been talking about tonight that you know but Lord again even at this invitation time you know whether we're saved or not we can fool our parents we can fool our friends we can fool the preacher fool everybody in the world but Lord you know if we're saved or not and we know Father I pray that tonight that each one in this room knows you knows you as their savior they could, in a few moments in this invitation, they can fool the preacher. They can't fool you because you know. And so, God, I pray if there's somebody here not saved, they would trust you tonight. And Lord, I pray for Christians tonight that we would all be honest with you. May we all understand tonight, you know our motives. You know what we do. You know what we don't do. You know our hearts. You know our thoughts. Nothing is hidden from you. Lord, it's, it's kind of a scary thing when we know that you know everything. It's also a comforting thing. 
as you know the burdens that we have and the comfort that we need. And I pray tonight that we would trust you in all those different areas, that we would just get through our heads tonight that God knows. Bless the invitation time now with our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Maybe that tonight you're not sure you're saved. You need to trust the Lord. I want it to be someone right now and say, Preacher, you know, I, I, just, I, or seriously, I just don't know. But tonight you can know, and God will know what you do too. I want to be anyone tonight and say, Preacher, if I, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Anyone tonight? Any Christian tonight? God knows. God knows what your life's like. God knows whether you're real or not. God knows that sin. God knows those good things you do too. You may not get the applause of the world, but God knows. Tonight, let that thought go deep into our soul and in our hearts tonight. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.